Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gave up? Call us the tricks of your trade! Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter? Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade! Hello, welcome to episode 28 of the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, construction adjudicator, lawyer and director of Tricks of Your Trade. Now, if the cost of building materials is skyrocketing for your trade works, you are going to be in a bit of a pickle with the contracts that you signed 12 to 18 months ago if you didn't check the margin that you're entitled to for variations. Now, obviously, builders are in the same boat with you guys. They're uh, locked into contracts for a, a set price and they need to deliver on those contracts. Now, whether or not you hold the baby on that risk will depend on what you did under contract 12 to 18 months ago or uh, earlier when you signed the contract for this job. Now, my intention for this podcast is to give you guys the hacks on what to write into your contracts from now on to stop this from happening to you. And now, I'm just to be clear, I'm not talking about rise and fall here. I'm talking about when you have a contract with a builder uh, for a fixed price and you've got a schedule of rates in that contract that sets out what rates you will use for variations. Now those rates are probably yesterday's rates and they're probably not really realistic anymore. But the builder's gonna wanna lock you in moving forward and a lot of construction contracts don't give you the right to decline a variation. So where you'll see this get really nasty is if you're doing something like a townhouse development for a builder and say you're the plasterer and there were three stages to begin with, And then the principal realizes that they can direct the builder to do the next stage as a variation to the existing head contract. Now, if the builder doesn't have a right to decline that direction to do a variation, he's gonna ask you to come and do the variation with him for the same price that you priced the earlier stage. If you don't have a right to decline that direction, you're in a whole lot of hot water. Now this is not boogeyman type stuff. This is actually what's happening to some of our clients. They're calling us in a pickle because they simply can't deliver uh, for those rates. Some of these people have completed, practical completion was over six months ago. And this variation that they're now being directed to do is in the defects liability period. So it's been that long since they walked away from the job. And now the builder's saying, get back here, for the same rates in the contract and do more work for us at today uh, for yesterday's rates. Now the other issue with this, and this is a forever issue, it's not just a, oh my goodness, everything has increased in price issue. Um, a lot of people, when they work out how much revenue they need to turn over in order to make a gross profit for the year, often will do the figures based on what they quote the jobs, the margin that they quote the jobs at. But how many of you are actually making sure that your construction contract gives you the same margin percentage for variation work? So essentially, when you get to the end of the year and you look back and you think, wow, we worked our guts out. We had a million dollars worth of variation work that we did here for all of these jobs. Why didn't we hit our profit forecast? 
let me tell you, it's probably because you didn't have the margin percentage in your contract that lines up with the margin that you use when you're pricing new work. So this stuff's pretty important and it's actually really easy to fix from the outset when you do your contract review because in the particulars there will be a percentage for margin or uh, profit and overheads in the particulars. But you need to go through the process of reading the contract and understanding whether that percentage for overhead and profit includes things like prelims and what the overheads are that you're allowed to claim. You also need to check the variation clause to make sure that you understand the way that variations are to be calculated and costed under the contract because sometimes there will be limitations in the method or the formula for valuing variations under the contract that don't necessarily correlate with the way that you need to uh, price your profit in a job. Now, so many clients say to me and have said to me in the past, Michelle, if we stuck 30% profit uh, in the particulars, the builder would have a conniption and we wouldn't get the job. Well, guess what? The heyday is here. The builders are desperate. The labor's not available. The materials cost a bucket load. If you ever had leverage to start negotiating these margins for variations, now's the time. Now, if I had one wish today, it would be that I could get this podcast into the ears of every single subcontractor in the country and say to them, if you guys all band together and you decide to level the playing field in terms of the terms that you agree to in your contracts, and you all agree that from this point forward, we're not going to take LDs over 1% of the contract value. We're going to write the correct margin in the schedule for variation work. We're not going to accept termination for convenience clauses if they don't allow us to claim our attention upon termination. We're going to cross out every single clause that talks about consequential loss or pure economic loss or debts claimed to be due by the builder that aren't actually substantiated or crystallised debts under the contract. We're not going to accept defects liability periods that are tied to the head contract and we're not going to accept retention being paid when they get their retention. We're going to look at the definition of practical completion in our contracts and we're going to make sure that the definition for practical completion is actually achievable for us to trigger ourselves by doing work that our trade would normally do and not doing bullshit things like giving as-built drawings if you're the painter. Now if every subby had a set of not negotiables that really suited your business and I'm not talking about colluding on fixing pricing or uh, making sure that everybody agrees to the same terms. What I'm talking about is understanding what's important to your business and having not negotiables that suit your business. And builders, if every subby did this, builders wouldn't have a choice. They would not have a choice unless they were going to have trades on the payroll. They wouldn't have a choice but to accept your negotiated terms. But while you all make excuses, and say, look, we won't win the next job if we do that kind of stuff, you're just allowing the landscape of your trade to carry on that way, and you're giving into a lifestyle of risk. I know personally, with my business ethos, when I think about whether or not I want to do something, I'm thinking about what the actual risk is to my life, not just to the business. I've got two young children. Are we going to go broke? Are they going to have a roof over their heads? 
as a solicitor, if I was to go personally bankrupt, I wouldn't be able to practice law. So there are real consequences for me, just like there are for you. And if you guys do end up being the director of a company that goes into liquidation, it can have licensing implications. You can end up in court proceedings with liquidators over money that potentially might not have been able to be moved out of your company to save your own assets. And heaven help us that you've got an accountant that has actually given you the right advice in terms of asset protection and the structure of your business and how to do your financial reporting with the regulator so that you're not tipping in personal assets to prop up uh, tangible asset reporting for your license category. So you can see how there is this massive domino effect that all really comes down to what you decide to cross out in your contract and what you decide to write in your contract before you sign it. And if you in your heart think there is no way I'm going to ever walk away from a contract, I will always buckle. I will always agree because I want the work and we have a revenue target. Then my friend, you might already be a little bit on the wrong side of desperate in terms of keeping your company afloat. And if you are in that situation, you need to consider what you're gonna do about it because what got you here didn't work. Now, I might be a little bit ranty on this podcast. I apologize in advance for that. I'm actually walking around the sports over while my kids are doing swimming lessons with my parents. Uh, but I've had one hell of a week. In fact, I've had more than three calls a day this week because of problems with builders who are pointing the finger at subbies for delay costs when the builders delayed them for months and months and months. And then all of a sudden, because of these problems with the increased cost in materials and labor, the builder is freaking out and pointing the finger at the subbies like they always do. Now the contract terms are all stacked against the subbies and if you didn't give notices, you're pretty much screwed. So when these guys come to me this week and my phone's ringing off the hook because they're in this problem, it's really frustrating for me having been talking about this stuff for the best part of two years publicly and on LinkedIn, social media and whatnot. And for them to be in this situation and to still have subcontractors say, Michelle, if we gave contractual notices, we wouldn't get the next job. Well, those same guys would be in a hell of a lot better position today if they did not get the job that is going to shit for them today. If you can't be helped, it's your decision. It's a conscious decision that you make in your business about how you want to approach these things. And I just think it's so important that you think about the lifestyle that you want to live and the impacts of this kind of stress on your health and your family and whether or not you can keep going at this rate. So just to recap, it's really not that hard. If you wanna make sure that you get margin on your variations, all you need to do is have a look and see in your contract what the contract provides for you for a margin on variation work. That's step one. Step two is having a look at the variations clause and checking to see how those variations are valued particularly with regard to your prelims and your overheads and whether or not that's grouped into that percentage of margin that's to be in the particulars. If your prelims and your overheads are grouped into the same bucket as margin, then obviously the percentage in the particulars needs to be higher to equate for that. And the last thing you need is a right to decline a variation. You're gonna to have to bloody well write that one in there. It's not gonna exist in your contract. You're gonna to have to add a subclause in the variation section that says, the subcontractor has the right to decline any variation that is material in increase to the scope of work 
or materially departs from the nature of the work that is already being undertaken under the subcontract. Now add another little doozy in there that says the subcontractor is not obliged to carry out any variation directed after practical completion. Now guys, this won't actually get you payment for rise and fall for building material increases. This is just protect, protecting the amount of margin that you need to make on your job for variation work. It's just about the margin. The only way that I can see that you can protect against the increased cost of building materials is to have the builder agree to a cost plus contract, which is never going to happen, but might be something you consider if you're doing any work directly for um, commercial clients subcontracting directly to something say like a bakery or a real estate agent or you're doing fit out work or something like that definitely uh, think about using a cost plus contract in these circumstances but if you're going to get your builder to agree to pay for and cover the risk of increased cost in building materials then they're going to need to agree to a rise and fall clause uh, or an escalation clause that specifically deals with how variations uh, and materials increases will be dealt with for the increased cost to you. So you're probably really glad that this episode's over um, and I'm not going to be ranting in your ear any further but I just think it's so important for you guys to deal with this now. When are you going to be able to deal with it in the future? When is your leverage going to be any better than it is today with the competition in the market and the volume of work? And if by any stroke of luck, somebody from an industry organisation is listening to this podcast, this, from a political perspective, needs to be talked about. Things are looking like they're getting really hairy uh, with tier two builders at the moment. And it's the classic same old players, the big bully builders that keep coming back and back and back to flog the subbies under the contract, flog the subbies with the contract at the moment. Uh, that seem to consistently be the ones that fall into these traps. So looking at who you actually want to work for and if some of those builders say no, don't be heartbroken, just move on, find work elsewhere and in five years you might actually be really bloody glad that you did. If you have any questions about what I've talked about on this podcast, feel free to drop me a good old-fashioned email at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au if you would like a systematic approach to your contract administration and getting paid, head on over to our website and check out the Subbies toolbox. You won't be disappointed there. And just one last time, our web address is www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au. Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the darkest farm side keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing pipes? Swinging your tools the more you gave up. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade! Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter? Don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade.